0: Porch Club Podcast. I am your host, Jess, and today we have a really special guest. Her name is Andrea. Welcome, Andrea. Hello. <laughs> it's great to have you. I'm glad to be here. Andrea is a new friend that I made recently. Uh, we met through a mutual friend, and I just kind of reached out to her on Instagram and asked if she'd be my friend. Thank God. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. I actually typed out a message to
1: you and I was like, uh, I have questions about cameras. And I was like, I don't know, I don't
0: know. So I'm glad you did. (laughs) It turns out making friends is that easy. I know. You just ask them to be your friend. I wish I knew that when I was a kid. Okay, so Andrea, she is a lead senior residence counselor. Uh, She's 28 years old. Also, she's a Libra, and that's the Mm. best zodiac, totally unbiasedly. (laughs) <laughs> I like all Libras. Yeah, Libras are just great. We're just naturally wonderful people. Um, and she's also really into music, so we share a lot of similarities here. Yes, which we discovered that. that night at uh, the bar. We were yeah. like, oh my god. <laughs> we're the same person. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a Libra? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because we, I feel like we talked about Tash Sultana alone for like 30 minutes. Yes. Yeah.
1: When you told me, like Tasha, I was like, oh, here we go.
0: Here yep. we go. <laughs> this is the start of something oh, new. Um, <laughs> the start of something <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so first, before we get into, well, before we see where this conversation goes, um, can you go over a little bit what you do for work? So I am a senior residence
1: counselor. So basically, I just kind of help people with mental health diagnoses learn how to live on their own. So, you know, when you have depression, sometimes it's really hard to keep up on things. And obviously we have a whole array of mental health diagnoses and, um, it can be really hard to just function in society and what's considered normal, Mm -hmm. but the main parts of it is just, you know, making sure that they're taken care of with their mental health making sure they're taken care of with their physical health, that they're making it to their appointments, which sometimes can be challenging for different reasons. Um, Yeah, just kind of teaching them how to live on their own and be successful and, you know, fill their life full of things that they're interested in and, you know, help them figure out what that is and then leading them in the right direction and kind of trying to push them outside of their comfort zone a little bit. And I just absolutely love it because I don't know mental health is I think the source of a lot of things that could change Mm -hmm. a lot of things and um, yeah it's always always been something I've been interested in I love that
0: I feel like I have a lot of friends in my life that are mental health professionals in some way or another like school psychologists and counselors other mental health counselors Mm -hmm. like maybe I'm just naturally drawn would you consider yourself an empath oh (laughs) yeah. Which I love and can be overwhelming at times. You know? Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I definitely am an empath. Sometimes it feels like I'm empathetic to a fault. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to not internalize other people's feelings and take them on as my own. And I've always tossed back and forth the idea of the mental health field, but it's gotta be so hard to not take that home with you as an empath. Like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) How do you combat that?
1: (laughs) Well, I feel like it's something that definitely comes with practice. Mm -hmm. I think you get to a point where it's it's like with anything else where you're just like, okay, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep taking on everyone's stuff. And even like, you know, it would be as far as going in and you know, someone I don't even know, if I can pick up on their mood, then I'm like matching their frequency in that moment. And I used to have, actually she's still one of my best friends and she would walk in the room and I would say it all the time cause we were together 24 seven she would walk in the room. I knew what she was feeling immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it would be like, whatever she, mood she was in, I would feel, and she's the same way. She is also an empath. So whatever mood I was in, she would pick up on. And mm-hmm. it ended up sometimes being difficult for us to be around each other. Cause we would just be like, Oh my God, like we were going through a lot at that time, but we would feel it. Like I would feel her pain. And that's like, a lot of ouch and it, it you end up taking it on it's hard to take it off so mm-hmm. i think doing that with her so young because that was probably middle school high school time for me and kind of learning like okay i really can't take on other people's stuff because it's a lot i think that was really good practice for me in in preparing to be in the mental health field mm-hmm. so now i feel like i have a little bit better of a handle on it but yeah a lot of hot showers and face <laughs> yes. masks and taking a walk and music and learning when to take a break and things like that. You know, you just learn what works for you over yeah, time.
0: That's a good point. And um, yeah, you brought up music being an outlet and I found, you can talk about that a little bit because I feel like music I have always been really into and I spent my whole life doing music in one way or another. Like I was in chorus at a young age. More recently, I feel like I've taken on music and more of the writing capacity, and okay. it's been the strongest outlet for like, healing from my breakup last year. I've yeah. never, I feel like I got out all of these really big emotions through just writing and playing music, and I'm like, do I even need therapy now? <laughs> right? That's really how it feels. I mean, the answer is probably yes. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, it really like I, it's like I left all my emotions with these songs mm-hmm. and I want to hear about your music during a little bit. So I totally
1: relate to that because I also wrote my own songs. But, you know, when you like write a poem or a song and then you read it two years later and you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. But in that moment, it felt like the best song ever because you just put, like you said, all of those emotions and thoughts and feelings into Mm -hmm. that song and the process of writing it is like therapy. Yeah. So in that respect, like, I love music for that. I've always loved the concept. Andy Warhol always said, you know, you just make and make and make until something comes out that, like, you really love and then that's something you can present to the world. And, you know, basically the concept of, like, creating is... Is just an ongoing process. And that's kind of how I've been with my songs too, because I do the same thing. I will write a song usually when I'm like, really feeling something and it a lot of the time doesn't make it anywhere and it's not the worst thing and and for the most part like I might post it on my story or you know post it on Instagram but then a year later I'll be like oh my god (laughs) because it was so specific to that time period and you know listening back I'm like oh my word okay but I love that concept of just creating for the sake of creating, that's my point, yeah.
0: I agree. Even if it is literally just to be an outlet, I Mm -hmm. I feel like I I post a lot of singing videos on my stories, but I don't think I've really shared much of the stuff that I've written. I don't know if that's out of fear or out of like, well, this is just a really vulnerable thing that I don't know if I even want to share. (laughs) <laughs> Probably will at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think
1: people yet. should. You yeah. know, I love I love when I see people do it. Mm. Um, I definitely also get afraid to put that out there, especially with things like that. Like, obviously, that's a very personal thing mm-hmm. um, to write a song about and then present to the world. So... That can be really scary. That's a very vulnerable thing to it do.
0: It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, just art in general, I feel like I've reached this point in my life where I give very little fucks about very little things. But when it comes to putting art into the world for some reason, that is the one thing where I, I feel like a scared little kid again. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, know, afraid of rejection and shame yes. and all of these things. And I can't shake that for the life of me. Right.
1: My thing is like the perfection like it's got to be perfect mm. and you know and then going back you can always find something to make better in whatever you create and that has been my biggest battle is like it doesn't have to be perfect
0: yeah
1: for future me for present me you know it just doesn't have to be perfect it just needs to be something that feels like good to put out
0: yeah yeah you know? Definitely. Yeah, I cannot be a perfectionist. <laughs> I would <will laughs> never put anything out ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Progress, not perfection, as they say. Right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I used to um, do open mics. Oh my God, I would do open mics like two, three times a week. Wow. And I was so, so into it and like, would just bring my guitar everywhere, had it in my car. You know, I moved to Arkansas for a little bit, brought it with me, like that guitar came with me everywhere. And I don't know, I've had this really interesting journey with music because in COVID times, I think it it made everyone kind of have some sort of reflective period. And since COVID, I haven't been able to touch my guitar. And yeah, and, You know, there's like a blockage there for some reason. And it comes down to the, you know, that feeling of when you read an old poem and it's just not what, like, I think I just don't have the tools to make it sound how I want it to in my head. Mm -hmm. Like, and that I can't get it out quite how I want it to. And it's just been, you know, when I sit down with my guitar, it just doesn't sound how I want it to. And I get frustrated, you know, it doesn't feel accurate to how I'm feeling and I get really embarrassed, I get embarrassed Mm -hmm. um, about my music and I think that's been a big barrier. And i've got a good friend rachel we used to sing together all the time open mics we were talking about like really doing it and like recording and doing stuff like that and i feel so bad because she's still totally into the music stuff and i just like shut down on it and you know that was obviously really sad but it's become a very emotional thing for me and but it's also still such a huge part of me so it's very conflicting yeah 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 do you feel like you're gonna find your way back to it Absolutely. I think that a lot of these kinds of things, because it's the same way it was like that with spirituality. Mm. Like after, I know we touched on this (laughs) last week, after I dropped Christianity and just started going into spirituality period. Mm. I don't know, I feel like I had that same blockage, but then without forcing it, it kind of turned into its own thing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I'm feeling with the music stuff. I think that if you don't force it and you just kind of let it come back to you, whatever feels natural and good, because we're always changing. I don't want to sing folk songs anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to sing stuff that I was writing. I kind of want to change my sound. I just don't have the tools to do that yet.
0: You know? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. The way that it was present in your life doesn't feel right to your identity. So yeah, it's just coming into a new sound or a new Mm -hmm. identity with music. Right. which is exciting.
1: It is exciting <laughs> because when you see like how it, it, what are your favorite singers have evolved, that's fun to watch. Yeah. So it would be natural for anyone else to kind of go through that. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I feel like I went through something a little similar. Last year, or I think two years ago now, two summers ago, my whole life I was singing with my head voice because I thought that that was all I was physically capable of doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my body's just not wired for projection. I'm just, just born this way, I don't know, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I took one vocal lesson, or maybe two vocal lessons, but the coach is like, no, that's all in your head. <laughs> Everyone can project. Yeah. And I'm like, it's all in my head. He's like, yeah. So he ran me through some exercises and got me out of my little mental blockade. And now I can project. And it's so fun. Right. Um, I'm definitely learning control and how to do it. But mm-hmm. it's it's awoken this brand new music identity for me where I could sing all of these songs that I think are so fun that I want to sing And before, I had convinced myself that, like, folk was for sure my... Um, genre because it was all I felt capable of doing. Right, I was gonna say that yeah. makes
1: sense for singing in your head voice. You can kind of like play with it yeah. with folk music, pretty easy.
0: Yeah, it's like just softer by nature. Mm-hmm. Like it was either folk or just really depressing, sad girl music, yeah. like you know, Daughter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Daughter, Phoebe Bridgers. Which I still love to play that music and sing. But oh yeah, um, it is fun to. Kind of start getting into the rock genre. Oh, (laughs) not a rock star? (laughs) Not a rock star. (laughs) But, you know, it's like the car karaoke version of me. That girl is a rock star.
1: Wait, you do karaoke
0: in the car too? Okay. I knew I liked you. Oh, it is the hardest I go (laughs) in the car.
1: The best nights are when I've, I've got just a good song going. I am fully parked, ready to go in the house, but I'm like, I got to sing the song. It just doesn't come out the same when I'm outside of the car. No,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'll just, you know, I'll do a laugh around the neighborhood. I'm not ready. Right. <laughs> I'm not ready to get out of this car. <laughs> got to finish the song.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the same thing as being in the shower. I sound mm-hmm. amazing in the shower. I love your acoustics. Girl, I was thinking about literally making a YouTube thing of me just singing in the shower because I'm like, people need to hear this version
0: of me. I fully support that. Make it and then we'll we'll promote it on the podcast. I will be fully clothed. (laughs) That's a good disclaimer. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I feel like my upstairs neighbors just came home. So sorry, guys, if you are hearing some background noise. Uh, Can't be helped because I can't buy a house in this economy. (laughs) So, so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one of the things not to just completely derail. You know what? Let me use one of these transition sound effects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> natural. <laughs> Flawless transition. So now that we have very naturally transitioned, I wanted to talk about your years following high school because you did a very unconventional thing that I think a lot of people... Like, I wish I knew about it when I was leaving high school because I was so lost and I had no idea what I wanted to do. But yeah, let's just go right into it. So I'm not just alluding to it and no one has any idea what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. so I had been on a mission trip mm-hmm. um, to Heifer International. They actually had a location, I believe it was in Massachusetts, and it was just beautiful. It was so pretty. It was on this big old hill in the spring they had a bunch of women come out and help birth the goats and they just had volunteers in the gardens and they were serving us salads with flowers in it and it was just so wholesome and i was just watching all the um, volunteers just have the best time with each other And, you know, I was learning so much. And the whole mission of Heifer International is basically teaching people about the seven M's, all the materials you can get from the animal, and then raising money to purchase animals that would make sense for the country that we're raising money for. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, growing food and keeping animals and just, you know, running this whole farm for education purposes and... Um, obviously it it contributed to the community we did have a CSA so um, that was my first experience with Heifer and I was just like oh this is so cool like noted and when I got out of high school I was just absolutely itching to do something I needed to go I needed to do something and so I signed up for it I was accepted and I went all by myself at 19 and I was so excited and i had the best time like truly i think everyone should do something like that especially Mm -hmm. coming out of high school because you know growing up and in high school i was very you know like i wanted to get good grades and i wanted to you know i just always have been really into school my siblings will tell you i was just i love learning i just love learning (laughs) i'm a big nerd um So, but when I got out of high school, I wasn't ready to just go back right into school. It just was like, oh my God, I can't do this again. So I went to go do something else and that was kind of hard for me because, you know, everyone else is going to college and, you know, getting ready to build their careers and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do yet. And um, that's a really tough position to be in. And kind of crazy that we expect, like, 18-year-olds to figure out what they want to do. and it's just, Yeah. <laughs> go to school and spend a bunch of money on school and decide and carry on. And for people who know what they want to do, that is awesome. Beautiful. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and if you know what you want to do at 18, you you got your head in the game. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. But I was – and I just saw people like that, and I was like, oh, that's, like, so cool, but I don't know what I want to do, so – I'm just gonna try everything. And um, yeah, so I went to the farm and they had like, I think it's 30 volunteers just from all over the world. I met people from Germany, from Honduras, from uh, Cameroon, we had people from Arkansas, all over the United States, like just people from everywhere. And it was so much fun. We all lived in these big houses in the back would wake up and just go work in the gardens every morning. And, you know, we had different departments. So I was in the garden department and then there was the livestock department, the education department. And I think that was it for the most part. So I I loved it in the garden. I loved it. And we would still have the groups come through and we'd teach them different things about, you know, harvesting and what a CSA is and, kind of put them to work a little bit take the load off for a day yeah and um yeah it was so much fun and so important I think for my the start of my sense of identity especially when you're in that period of your life where everyone's like what are you gonna do with your life Mm -hmm. you know and um, yeah after that I really wanted to work in some sort of sustainable agriculture kind of field and I was really convinced, and um, when I got back, I was like, "I'm gonna be in forestry," <laughs> and, and then I got into sign language, and then I wanted to be a Spanish interpreter, and <laughs> so I just, um, yeah, that was that was a really, I think, it, for most people, it's a really interesting time of life. You're, yeah trying to figure out a lot.
0: Absolutely. The pressure that we have, I feel like in this country, it's a little unmatched compared to other Western countries. The pressure that we have coming out of high school and going straight into college and, and the higher education system in this country is criminal. Like it's just all for profit. And so you are expected to go into tens of thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And I don't know the stats, but I feel like So many people, and I would wager at least half, if I had to guess, just talking on my ass, don't even have a job in the career that they studied in school. Right. So, yeah, I love that you had that experience.
1: Yeah, you just meet so many people through (laughs) that, and you learn so much about yourself. Like, I think, and you know, you've been everywhere. I think the benefit of traveling, and especially at that age any time of your life but Mm -hmm. at that age you just kind of coming out of your parents little incubator of this is the way the world is and yeah getting out of it and going and figuring out what parts of yourself stay the same when you're in a different place Mm -hmm. and what parts of yourself you want to get rid of and what parts you want to adapt and you know, your whole worldview shifts, especially when you're meeting people from all over the world. Absolutely. So I, yeah. it was like a big, like, I feel like half the time I was just like, like jaw dropped, like just literally like so interested in what everyone's thoughts were about like everything. I just mm-hmm. was, I would, I just remember being kind of quiet there because I was just listening. I was like, Wow, this is just so wild and <laughs> coming from like Clarence, which was very you know, it was not very diverse mm-hmm. and you know, things were just it was it was really beneficial for me coming yeah. out of that kind of <clears throat> suburbia.
0: Yep. And that's how, you know, Lewis and where I grew up very similar vibes to Clarence. It is very predominantly white, middle to upper class. is just one small view of life. Right. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> and um, I think it's so important, especially at that kind of defining period of your life to experience other all these different cultures and countries and, and ways of life. And I remember the few times that I've had um, volunteering... In other countries, it it was the same thing, like, people from all over the world, and I saw mostly younger people, like, younger, not kids, but, like, 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds doing gap year, which is a huge thing in Europe, where they just Mm -hmm. take a year before starting university to go travel or volunteer or really just whatever but it's usually traveling um first of all really bold <laughs> just take a like it a year traveling in other countries oh yeah um most recently when i was in costa rica there was this 19 year old girl who was there by herself and then went on to travel south america because she was in gap year and i'm like that's so brave of you yeah
1: all by yourself, all by too. yourself.
0: yeah wow and but I can't imagine the perspective that you get at that age doing something so empowering. Oh, yeah.
1: And learning to spend that much time by yourself.
0: Yes. Which I think is
1: so important and I think is probably something that a lot of people try to avoid in, in you know, different ways so that maybe they work a lot or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they use substances or just to avoid being alone with yourself because that's a hard thing to do. So starting that young, spending a
0: year Mm
1: -hmm. with yourself in different environments is a beautiful thing.
0: It is. I think Learning how to be by yourself is probably the most valuable thing you'll ever learn how to do. And then, yeah, doing that alone in in a completely strange new environment. On top of that, you're learning problem-solving skills. And it's just adding courage every day. Like Even just going to a restaurant and sitting by yourself can be really uncomfortable for a lot of people. And that was something that was really uncomfortable to me until I started traveling by myself a lot. Like my first solo backpacking trip was the furthest I've ever thrown myself outside of my comfort zone. But the end product was so, it was just, the reward was very worth it. Yeah. It was incredible. So a very strong advocate for traveling alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's
1: honestly it's something I've literally talked about with not even really he's like my mentor, but I've talked with him about it because I'm like even sometimes when I'm at the park alone I want to be there alone, but I can't help but be nervous as a woman alone, you know? And and that's what, I, that always is what stops me. Because I've thought about, you know, I've been wanting to do some sort of, like, weekend by myself to, like, try and foster whatever this new music genre or chapter is for me. Mm-hmm. And, like, just kind of, like, walk around wherever I decide to go, get some inspiration and just spend some time with myself. But I can't help but be a little nervous being by myself.
0: Um, so like
1: what was that like for you?
0: That's a really valid fear. I don't know if I've- there are very few moments when I was traveling alone where I truly felt unsafe. I think there's smart ways to go about anything, so it is like maybe not being out past dark or drinking or putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. Not saying that anything that happens is our fault, you know, it's just what we have to do as women but I think the more you do it it's just kind of like any it's like how you conquer any fear once you do it and you survive it and you realize that you are capable of doing something you just keep doing it and it becomes a little less scary each time right um without losing you know that common sense like keeping your wits about you right
1: yeah my the conversation with being in the park was about meditating so mm. to meditate you really got to feel pretty
0: you know, at peace yeah. and
1: relaxed and you know I've got very few places where I feel like I can do that no one's gonna come over and ask me you know a question or you know like actually being by myself outside somewhere it's something I have always done but like over time I've just you know at Hoyt Lake I've I've spent a lot of time just walking around by myself, Mm -hmm. but then I see an article that someone jumped a woman just walking around. That's so scary. I walk there all the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think about those things, I'm like, well, I don't really want to go sit and meditate at White Lake because someone almost just died there.
0: You know, that's
1: the part that scares me and that's what makes me just like not even want to read those things Mm -hmm. because I want to be able to enjoy that and not live in fear. And and I think a lot of the time
0: that takes work to not live in fear. It does, especially when all the headlines and media, it feels like how you two live in fear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All these things are happening. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I don't think I've ever you know done something like meditation in a public place I'll just get lost in a forest or something where I feel truly isolated but then of course that has its own dangers because right. <laughs> then there's less people around less people to see and look look out for you right um I know it's hard it is just hard being a woman period it's mm-hmm. hard to be a woman it's hard to feel safe but i think it is really important to not let those fears hold us back in a way uh, that keeps us from living our best life
1: but i think that's why we take self-defense classes yeah. and um jordan was actually talking about that this last weekend. she was like i think that we should just do a big self-defense class and she knows someone and she wants and i'm like that would probably make me feel so much better. I just, yeah. if I was prepared, it it just sucks to be like That's sitting fine. and meditating with like a knife in my pocket <laughs> and I just like, I'm duality. peaceful, but like, I'm ready to go.
0: <laughs> All things in good balance, right? right. <laughs> uh,
1: it seems counterintuitive,
0: but I mean, gotta do what you gotta do. You do. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I've actually been really entertaining the idea of learning self-defense. The amount that I have traveled alone, I think I'm pushing I'm pushing my luck a little bit. Like, nothing has happened, and I'm so grateful. And I'm gonna, Let's
1: keep it that way. I'm going to keep
0: it that way. I'm going to continue to speak that up to the universe, let that manifest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's so good to be prepared.
1: It's yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. I took taekwondo as a kid. <laughs> I was only a yellow belt. But... I, you had to, like, do this formation. And every time I, w- I would go to these classes, I'd be like, so if someone comes at me, do I have to do a whole formation before I attack? I, like, I'm confused. <laughs> so... That's all I have in my back pocket, and it's not very, you know, it's not going to do very much if someone tries to get me.
0: No, yeah, same same here. I did karate when I was really, really young, and I don't think it was lucrative at all. <laughs> like,
1: it's not going to help me if someone's, like, trying to attack me yeah, somewhere. No, like, okay, you
0: just stay right there before you attack <laughs> me. I'm going <laughs> to kick through this block of wood. <laughs> and hopefully that one's hit <sighs> <me. laughs> I just need to do my formation. Please hold. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. How did we get here? Oh, traveling. Yeah. So I think you should totally, I mean, do whatever you want. But I think it'd be so fun to, like, go off for a weekend. And even if you rented a cabin in the Adirondacks or something. That's
1: what I was thinking. Honestly, I was thinking Letchworth. I love Letchworth so much. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. In a little winter cabin, you can't beat it.
0: Oh, that sounds... Especially if there's, like, that soft snow falling outside. That sounds mm-hmm. like a very creatively inspirational place. <laughs> right.
1: Right? that's why But I, like, kind of also want to do it where I can walk around somewhere because I do get really inspired by just, like, being in a town and thinking about, like, I don't know. I'm, I, like, always think about, like, I'll even see someone driving and I'll be like, I wonder... I wonder where they're going. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder what their day has been like, what they've been doing. And it's like when every time I go into a town, I just, like, make up a story about someone sitting alone in a restaurant. I'm like, I just wonder, like, what's going on in their life right now? And then sometimes I'll write a song about (laughs) it, and it'll be totally made up in my head. But it's kind of fun to just go there. I love that. Like, people are just so interesting to me. You just turn a complete
0: stranger into a whole movie. (laughs) And they have no. no idea. Do you feel like, okay, because I, I, I feel like this might be a Libra thing. Do you feel like you romanticize everything?
1: Everything. <laughs> okay. uh, and if I don't, I won't bother. It's yeah. it's like a game I play with myself. If I need to get interested in something, I have to romanticize it. Yes.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. As someone who works in the mental health field, is that he- Like, Because I do that all the time. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll say that. And depending on who I'm talking to, they're like, I don't know if that's healthy. I'm like, it feels healthy. <laughs> yeah honestly there
1: (laughs) what what is what would be unhealthy about it
0: let's see i was just talking to my friend steven and he said you live in delusion
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay um i hear you steven i hear you i just think it makes the world just have a little glitter to it yeah it just puts like a lens over it that's like I don't I, I think it's like looking for the beautiful that's what I think
0: yeah like everything is a matter of perspective um cynicism has its place <laughs> and like I definitely have we've talked about the, mm-hmm. end, of, the end of the world the collapse of society <laughs> that feels inevitable and so definitely I can be cynical and nihilistic at times but for the most part I feel like romanticism is is how I live a joyful life Absolutely. Yeah. If I'm living a joyful life, then I feel healthy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe I just convince myself that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for romanticizing everything. Okay, great. Yeah, great. Even if it's just validation. sitting
0: on the porch, like.
1: Yeah. Anything can be romanticized.
0: Oh, sitting on the porch is so romantic. Right. <laughs> it's just. Oh. I think it's a great way to live life yeah that's that and i'm sticking to it i okay all i needed was one person to validate my <laughs> okay but we're also a couple of libras so i don't know how much <laughs> right. this is so unbiased <laughs> this is the most unbiased form of validation let's get a virgo in here and oh, we'll see Oh <laughs> yeah a virgo oh that would be some so good balance right there yeah that would Absolutely. be so fun i just want to i want to create like a sub series now where i just sit down with each person of the zodiac and like ask the same question oh my god (laughs) that would be
1: so fun (laughs) i would love listening to that (sighs) okay because it's funny i feel like i never really got into the zodiac stuff Mm -hmm. until i started i mean my fiance one of my best friends my both of my grandpas all have the same birthday and they're all Virgos. Wow. Yes. Oh,
0: and your fiance's a Virgo. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's so mm-hmm. interesting.
1: Okay. So, and it's just so funny as I've started to like, because my sisters are really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister Olivia is really into that kind of stuff. So I've just kind of learned stuff through her for the most part. But as I start to notice things that people do, and then figuring out what their sign is, I'm like, wait, this is kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: this is kind of wild. I I feel like I got into astrology ironically for the memes. I'm like, okay, I guess. Right. And <laughs> the more I get into it, the more I'm like, whoa. <laughs> right. There's something to it. Yeah. And like, I, I might go off on a little bit of a tangent right now. Um, but I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. I'm here for it. <laughs> Okay, this is what I think feels right for me regarding consciousness. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm here for this. You know I am. Let's go. Okay. And I feel like, you know, you left Christianity and you got really spiritual, and I got into like new age spirituality for a little bit, and I feel like I've bounced around until I settled to where I am. But I think human consciousness, like that energy, whatever you want to call it, the divine energy, i think that that is just so powerful Mm. that it just creates our reality so whatever you're choosing to put that energy into is what is real like Mm -hmm. real tangible your truth is what's real because you are putting that power into it so then i'm gonna put my power into what i think is the most fun and i think astrology is is the most fun and if it's only real because a bunch of people believe it's real that's enough for me it's right. real <laughs> yes
1: absolutely And tangent. yes no Gosh. i totally feel that i think that i don't know well now we're in consciousness and now we're going <laughs> i love that we could go there
0: i don't know i i don't know
1: i do think that everything comes down to energy it's, it's like yeah like you know when like the best example I always come up with when it comes to energy is like when I'm having a day I haven't even really said anything but I know I've got like that lump in your throat Mm -hmm. and you're just trying to get through the day and you're just trying to chill the heck out and then my mom would literally just touch my arm and it would come out like I'm just crying and it's like and it's just her energy like Mm -hmm. that I just feel immediately and it's You know, I was talking about my friend who would walk in the room. Is that being an empath or is that just me being sensitive to energy? You know, Yeah. even with, you know, I keep referring to my mentor because he's not really my therapist. But he talks a lot about even big world events like Mm -hmm. the stuff going on with Israel and Palestine right now. Like Mm -hmm. in general, people and especially it's funny because working in the mental health field, I feel like. I've got a mini sample of like just a population and how energy affects because everyone's been pretty agitated and needing um, a lot more in different respects. Everyone's different in what they'll need, but the energy has been very intense lately. Yeah. And he pointed out, well, Andrea, we are all one and we all contribute to this one energy Mm -hmm. and and i think we're probably picking up on some of the energy coming from over there and we're feeling it because we're all the same living breathing thing so when you know we talk about being an empath i think that's something that everyone can access Mm -hmm. it's just a matter of recognizing what it is and tapping into that and being sensitive to it and I don't know. I think it's, it's funny because sometimes I'll be like, why am I having a day? And then I'll hear someone else is having a day and someone else is having a day. And it's like, you know, the amount of times I say, like, what's in the waters? There's something in the cosmos happening today. And it'll just be like the collective energy is just, I don't know. You pick up on it, I think. A
0: hundred percent. That's definitely a belief that I hold is that we are all unique manifestations of one life source one energy one whether you want to call it god or the universe or consciousness or kundalini there's so many different words for it but i definitely believe we're all connected and you just like the perspective that you just shared with like being an empath is we are all capable of it we're just tapping into that energy like these are two different things that I feel like I know to be true in my experience but I've never, I don't know, held them up to each other and like, oh yeah, that is, maybe it's just us tapping into our humanity and like checking in. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: literally. And I think that, like you know how it feels when you do check in yeah you know and once you become more familiar with how that feels to like pick up on energy and slow down enough to notice Mm -hmm. what your energy is and what's not your energy and what's coming from the outside and what's yours that's when you're like wow this is kind of
0: crazy yeah i think that's why okay this is why i still very much identify as an introvert. Even though I love to be with people and I love socializing, um, the only thing that's keeping me from being an extrovert at this point is like I need that time to be completely by myself and do that check-in. Like I'm, I'm checking in with my body. I'm checking in with where I'm, like how I'm feeling. I'm checking in with world events and like just everything going on. Because I think when I'm with other people. I am so dialed in on them. I'm mm-hmm. constantly scanning. How are you feeling? How are you doing? And I can't give my attention to anything else. So I need to be alone to do these check-ins that are so important.
1: They are so important, absolutely. Just to, especially if you're picking up on other people's energy, mm-hmm. you have to come back to like, okay, I actually feel pretty good. I think I just am feeling, you know, anxious or whatever because yeah. this person's hurting right now, mm-hmm. you know, and. It's good to check in, for sure.
0: Yeah. Wow. I feel like I just covered so many <laughs> mm-hmm. different things. Which is, I feel like, just how these are going to go. That went by so fast. I should probably... Always
1: does. It I helps. could go on for three hours. <laughs> you better stop me now. We're going to start talking about the end of the world again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can have that its own episode. so We'll talk about what we're going to do to prep for the new
1: world. <laughs> I've got a few spots laid out.
0: <laughs> Boy, I can't wait to have you back on this podcast. Oh, oh my God, I would back. love that. Yes. <laughs> okay. And for you, the listener, this is mine and Andrew's second time hanging out. She just came to my porch to hang out with me last week. And that was our first time hanging out. Mm -hmm, And we did literally this. Yeah, just without (laughs) the microphone. But just the fact that our second time hanging out ever, you're like, yeah, I'll be on a podcast. We can record this whole conversation. Like, I appreciate you for that. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Okay, great. And let me just transition us into the wrap up I feel like I need the (laughs) transition. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And a couple of things before I officially wrap us up and we sign out. Um, First and foremost, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Any kind of social media? No. I'm just a regular girl
1: (laughs) hanging out in the world. I don't have anything going on yet. Okay.
0: We'll say that. That's fine. And uh, when you do birth this new music identity. We're going to have you on. Okay. going to do a whole episode around that. Okay. <laughs> I'm really looking forward
1: to it. Yes, that. there's going to be a lot going I might just be a sad girl with my guitar in the forest somewhere for a little while, so I'll let you know when that's...
0: All part of the journey, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, great. So I'm looking forward to plugging you then.
1: Okay, perfect. Um,
0: and how I like to wrap up every episode is by asking my like, guest, what is one simple joy that impacts your day-to-day life?
1: hmm what is one simple joy honestly music Mm. I love like when I find a good song I will listen to it over and over and over and it just honestly when I talk about taking those breaks it's like I just need to go and throw a really good song on because I think it It kind of just like turns your day around sometimes if you got a good one. Yeah. And, um, or if I'm stressed at work, I'll turn on like an old favorite and it just, I'm like,
0: you know what? Life's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) That is my simple joy. Absolutely. Music really can turn around a mood and I feel like, I curate my day to day playlist depending on. I don't know. I like to pretend I'm in a movie, so I'll find <laughs> the right playlist that matches the weather or the movies. And just really sink into however I'm feeling. Oh my God. That is so relatable. and so even funny. Huh, just Libra's romanticizing life. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're actually just the main characters in our own movies <laughs> walking around with playlists that match. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I love it.
0: I love that. Okay, well, thank you so much for of being here. Of course. On the show, and I can't wait to have you back. I can't wait. I could do this all day. <laughs> and we will. <laughs> more <and> of more. <laughs> All right, and to you, the listener, thank you for joining us and lending us your ears for yet another episode. Uh, until next time, <laughs> PCP out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay.